This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. I'd uh, like to take you to the Maritimes, in a sense, uh, one of the fixtures on the Canadian comedy scene. And by the way, I looked up fixture in the dictionary. It's a bright light, and he certainly is. Very funny man, although uh, I'm sure there's been some shade cast for him, as for all of us, when it comes to the situation from his own home province. Ron James has joined the Oakley Show this afternoon. Ron, how you doing these days? Not too bad, John. Uh, like everybody, you know, uh, this... Uh shift in the psychic paradigm has has uh, has cut me to the marrow uh back home of course a, a sanctuary defiled and uh it will be uh generations before i'm sure people can can breathe easy it's uh it's uh i, I mean devastating it, it, it the level of diabolical planning uh and terror unleashed by that bottomless pit of hate courtesy of a, a, a coward it, it, it is hard to fathom. It, it, you know, it's just the magnitude of it is, uh, is beyond belief. And so, uh, and you know, John, uh, I've carried that province in my heart for 40 years, stringing my trap line from Cornerbrook to Courtney Comox. And I mean, the, the stories of home and, and how um, the, spirit of the Maritimes has allowed me to tour the entire country is, uh, has been shaken to the core. Uh, and uh, everyone who's from there, all of us who are in exile and have been uh, in exile from our, as I say, our borning lands of lobster blood, <laughs> have uh, always called it back home. And uh, I know my Ontario friends, when I first came up here and got into Second City, they said, how come you're calling it back home? I said, because it is. <laughs> and uh, only for those of us who are from there uh, get it. And uh, I know that uh, when the interprovincial travel restrictions are lifted, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be sitting on my porch down the South Shore with some good friends, enjoying dark and stormies, and giving thanks for um, the uh, uh, you know the circle of goodness that uh, I can I can embrace every time I go back. You know, it's well stated, Ron. I mean, this is something that, uh, as you said, you know, there's been this psyche that's been uh, kind of uh, ripped asunder here collectively in Nova Scotia, uh, most directly, obviously. And you're saying, is there something now that's changed uh, irretrievably or uh, is this, you know, something that, uh, you know, as unfortunate as it is and this black stain uh, of evil uh, are the folks resilient, or is it going to change the mood and uh, temperament of Maritimers? I think it's going to have an effect for a while, but they've always been a resilient people, and they've always been uh, a people of fortitude. And uh, I, they, uh, you know, I still think they're going to keep calling Ontarians Upper Canadians because you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. It's like maritime Alzheimer's. You forget everything but the grudges. Uh, they, uh, they shouldn't have burned us in 1867, brother. Anyway, there's, uh, you know, there might be a sucker punch coming towards somebody in a tavern in Digby. I don't know. But, mm. uh, no, uh, they will move forward. Uh, they will 
they will, um, once COVID is lifted, they'll have a chance to embrace each other and hug and um, celebrate in their own way those lives lived that were ruthlessly cut short. And uh, they will have memorials, they will have benefits, and they will give back to those who suffered. And they will, um, they will never, ever, ever, ever forget it. But forward, they will go. Yeah, it's very personal uh, on every level there because everyone is uh, a part of that greater community. I mean, the small communities and, uh, you know, the extensions of family and everything, if I've got it right, having visited on uh, several occasions, that was the thing that struck me. I guess that's sort of endemic to uh, places, you know, that are smaller in scope and, and scale, that people do uh, know each other's business and, uh, you know, they're they're kind of... Uh, willing to look after got each other's backs absolutely I mean, uh, you hit the nail on the head got each other's back my mother's 88 years old we lost dad uh three years ago this august and she's in that home that uh that uh, phone company man worked on for 50 years and she's surrounded by uh neighbors who were raised in that neighborhood as kids and when their parents passed they moved into their homes so she's 88 years old and surrounded on three sides by uh people who are looking out for her and my sister and uh it's and i'm not saying that uh you don't get that in ontario or bc or 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 anywhere else in the country but that's what i know exists there and uh there is um for want of a better phrase i guess um uh an old way of walking through the world an older way and it's um like you know when Juan came through uh, people still talk about the fact that my father had uh, had 14 extension cords running from his basement. And, uh, he never, you know, he, you know, he didn't go in the house for one drink. He came out with a tray, right? And uh, God love him. Jeez, he was. Uh, I miss him, man. He was uh, the quintessential maritimer, buddy. And it, uh, when I was cleaning his garage out before he passed, uh, he said, "You better take a look at that garage." And uh, it took me three dumpsters to mm. get the stuff out. That was of no use. The guy mm. had seven. He still has seventeen saws. I said, Dad, what in the name of Jesus are you doing with seventeen saws? He goes, Just in case, Ronnie. And they're all sharp. <laughs> but that was his phrase for everything, just in case, you know, John. And that's what stayed with me because this, these people of the greatest generation. I mean, uh, I mean, he was born to a world of Hobbesy and drudgery on the southwest coast of Newfoundland in 1932, when life was short and seagulls were supper. I mean, he was a feral <laughs> wilding who roamed the, the bogs and woodlands living on bake apples, duck eggs, and whatever milk he could suckle from a grazing moose cow without getting kicked in the head. And, yet, and so the Great Depression, my mother, a woman uh, from Cape Breton, uh, Coal Town Peenery, whose, whose uh, father uh, uh, moiled for coal a mile below the ocean shore uh, uh, floor with a pick and shovel and then put that pick and shovel at the end of a 10-hour day at the bottom mm. of the earth and dug his uh, foundation by hand, and his brother couldn't help him because he was bipolar and kept running away with the dynamite. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so, Ronnie James. So uh, you know, you know... I'm thinking, here we are, this generation who've been told to sit still, go without a haircut for a couple months and watch Netflix. It's like, mm. shut up, you whiners. Uh, you know, do your job. Because the light at the end of the tunnel for the Great Depression was the carnage of World War II. There you go. Mm. 
Wow. Uh, very profound. And uh, by the way, I've never heard the word moiled for gold, uh, except, I mean, it was the uh, legend of Sam McGee there that got, uh, <laughs> boy, you brought one out of the out of the catacombs on me there, Ronnie. I mean, <laughs> you heard it here, man. All right. uh, I, I got, <laughs> I, uh, my girlfriend was laughing at me the other day. Uh, she's in Ottawa and my buddy is renting my place uh, down in uh, Nova Scotia. And I had him send me some stuff up, right? Because uh, mm. my rod and reel were down there. So I had him send up my rod and reel because, of course, the season opens here May 1st. And I said, uh, send me Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, too, will you? He goes, what? <laughs> said, send me, rhyme, send me Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. I got to memorize that. I heard it's good to stave off the onset of Alzheimer's. And I told her, <laughs> she said, don't you think maybe learning a language would come in a little more handy? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But you know what? I'm going to be drunk mm. some night. I'm going to be loaded some night. And someone, you know, just before the party's about to dip, I'll launch into that, man. And they'll be there until dawn. So you're planning a, a junket to Halifax in the liquor barn, are you? <laughs> oh, the liquor barn. When my kid was two, she didn't say her L's. And when I left the house, she used to say, Dad, you going to go work at the Wicker Barn? Uh, oh, the liquor barn. You know what, John? That show started me off in stand-up. I... Coming back from L.A. in 93 and writing that show and putting it up in 94, up and down a shaky town, then pulling the best bits out of that, doing Amateur Night again at the last, starting again with Amateur Night at the Laugh Resort. And uh, it was a great little club on Victoria. It used to come a lot, I remember. And yep. uh, yeah, yeah, the liquor barn. <laughs> the liquor barn. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, uh, speaking of the liquor barn and, and, uh, and tradition and family and friends and everything, uh, my father was a very funny man, and uh, he uh, uh, could really remember a joke well. Uh, I can't remember a joke if someone told me. If I write it, I remember. But uh, anyway, he was in palliative care, and I, I went down to see him. He had I didn't know, but he had 48 hours left. And I, uh, I went to his side of the bed, and this beautiful uh, nurse had just uh, given him uh, a catheter. And I went to his side of the bed, and he said, Ronnie, am I ever happy to see you? He points down at his crotch and says, look what this beautiful young nurse just picked up for me at Canadian Tire. <laughs> well, anyway, buddy. That's, that's just, in case. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Just in case. You got 17 rolls of string, Dad. Oh, yes. Jeez, buddy. Just in case. Just in case what? We got to make our own shoelaces. So it's just, he was always prepared for the other shoe to drop, you know? And, uh, it's uh, it's remarkable uh, now how, uh, uh, thankfully, you know, I mean, to get on more of a serious topic here with how the, the lid has been pried off of stuff, uh, that, that uh, the uh, egregious and uh, gut-wrenching legacy uh, of uh, elder care in Canada, I certainly hope they get to the bottom of that in Ontario and in Quebec, once we cross the dark waters of this Rubicon and land on a safer shore, I want to see some heads roll, man. And I don't want to see these guys who own these homes throwing their hands in the water to wash themselves of complicity faster than Pontius Pilate. You know, hmm. someone's got to be held to account. Amen to that. Ronnie, you've been all over the map. I wanted to talk about that briefly. This is a book. Penguin oh, yes. is the publisher. 
Well, tell me about it. Uh, what what do we anticipate when we read all over the map? Because we know you're stand-up, and we've seen you on TV and in clubs and all the rest of that. Is your voice captured in the book as well? And, I mean, as a wordsmith that you are, I mean, putting it into print, uh, it might read like the rhyme of the ancient mariner. <laughs> well, I, 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 I do want it to read, uh, uh, well, you know, if I was as lucid as Coleridge on opium writing rhyme of the ancient mariner, uh, I just... <laughs> I just had it after I wrote it after a couple of espressos, so I hope I didn't do it. But you know, I want the uh, I want the book uh, to have a, a rhythm like you're traveling the road with me, and and really that's what it is. It's a road trip between one comedian's ears, embracing the spirit of people and place uh, where he's lived, where he's and he's performed, and so it's a uh, it's it's a funny love letter to the country and. Uh, I'd like to think it might be poignant and, and serious in places, and uh, that's what I shot for. And uh, you know, I, I I honor the people who who would talk to me when I was traveling, John, before our faces were you know pressed into our iPhones, you know, taking an innocuous picture of you know some French fries I was eating at a uh, at a gas station in Restigouche. Hey, look at these! You know, stupid, right? pictures of my feet. Oh, gee, look, I drive the car with empty shoes on. You know, just stupid stuff. Anyway, I people would talk to me, mate. And uh, I, I was very diligent in keeping uh, journals and moleskins in the early days. And uh, the publishers uh, said, look, uh, it, you, the humor's got to be here, yes, but, um, it, you know, it has to be linked by a narrative. And uh, so uh, I was concentrating on that, and it took me uh, uh, several runs to get the introduction right, to find the balance between uh, narrative, uh, cogent narrative, and uh, and the funny, because people are going to be picking it up for the funny, and I hope that they discover something a little bit more in there. They, uh, uh, I've said for years that uh, I was able to hear the heartline hum and soul note of a nation singing when I was, you know, traveling through blizzards uh, on white knuckling strips of widow-making asphalt that a Yeti wouldn't wander, trying to get to a gig in the dead of February. But, you know, um, sure, but that theater was filled. And um, all you got to do is make a feudal wage or be broke for uh, several years to never take anything like that for granted. And I thought the greatest uh, the greatest reward. I mean, it was nice to make a living and be able to put my girls through university and build a home and those kinds of things that, you know, every working class kid hopes he can do someday. But um, were the hidden boons in the big wide open? And whether it was talking to an uh, an elder Native woman in the Yukon or or uh, uh, a kid in Saskatoon at a food court or or a Newfoundland grandmother on a flight to St. John's or or going kayaking with my kid when she was 15 to the Northwest Territories where we suddenly found ourselves in a what was really, uh, it didn't look like it on the friggin' internet, I'll tell you, but it looked like a halfway house of Quonset huts sinking into the, per- into the permafrost that was run by some cyclopean-eyed Viking named Tundra Tom who still had his dinner he stole from the wolves on his sweatshirt in August. Savage man. So it's about the country. It's about um, seeing. It's about a lot of things. 
about my days in Los Angeles chasing the American sitcom dream that sired my Canadian one. It's about the bogus, the bogus pursuit of celebrity. It's about meeting Billy Conley at the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival years ago and, and him, the wise wizard, just, you know, chewing on a cigar. I asked him, hey, listen, how did a Glaswegian welder become an international sensation? And he looked at me and said, uh, that's a question about fame. Tell the fame, just sing your song. And that was 11 years ago. Just sing your song. And everybody in Canada, you know, always, it's only natural. I mean, we're shoulder to shoulder to the behemoth south of us. Uh, and uh, it's only natural that, that one would want to actualize themselves uh, and their calling on that level south of the border that uh, has, uh, you know, that just has so much to offer. I think it's the only time I'm ever really envious of America is when I see uh, their comedies, you know. Uh, you know, you'll watch Bill on HBO and you'll go, well, that's, that's just working on an entirely different level altogether, right? Or you'll watch Beat. Or, or you'll watch Deadwood or, or Breaking Bad or all these brave, uh, brave shows, uh, Sopranos that were, but had huge money behind them. But 375 million people in America. I mean, you can have half that country hating your stand-up act and still have seven times the population of Canada thinking you're great. And I think... There you are. You know, John, yeah. And I think touring Canada, mate... Um, it, uh, you had to, at least from my experience anyway, I mean, you had to honor your craft, continue to, uh, to tip sacred cows and rock the apple cart because that's our job, right? I mean, you don't want to be preaching at the status quo and you don't want to be preaching because you can go somewhere else for that. You want to be getting laughs. And it was very, um, it, it was imperative for me to wrap my head around uh, the regions and the cities and the places I found myself. Without- well, this is in your book then, Ronnie. Listen, I, I, I've got to go on that level, but I, I'd like to continue the conversation on another occasion and perhaps in a, a happier time, although you uh, have uh, given us some laughs, uh, some levity this afternoon, much needed. Uh, just uh, it's there in the book all over the map, Ron James, uh, sharing your song, as you say, and quintessentially Thanks. Canadian. Thanks, Let's continue brother. it uh, down the road, and uh, you stay healthy. All the best to you and... Uh, yeah. Hopefully you'll get back safely and soundly to uh, your beloved province, Nova Scotia. I'll raise a dark and stormy to you when I'm there. Thanks a million, John. A pleasure talking to you again. Pleasure's mine. Thank you, Ron James, again. Okay. Uh, great Canadian comic. And, uh, yeah, the book is all over the map. Penguin, the publisher. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 